Andrew Brewer. I am the host of the Healthcare Insights in Northwest North Carolina podcast brought to you by Northwest Area Health Education Center at Wake Forest School of Medicine. Today I have a beautiful human here. Her name is Ivy G. She is the lead consultant with the Hospitality G. So welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this very much. Uh, the energy is already magical and it's Magic Monday. So let's make magic. That's right. Magic Monday. I love it. Well, I was first introduced to you in a in a in-service presentation we had through um in our in our team and just mm -hmm. the word hospitality just conjured up the word hospital. So I looked into it a little more and saw that hospital uh meant guests guests from an early definition and some of the first hospitals were called hotels. So I think there's some there's some synergy, some alignment here that, that just you know, the universe said, you know, let's talk and see see how we can relate hospitality to healthcare and the the betterment of our society and the health of our community. So I'm gonna tee you up and just let's get started by telling us Telling telling uh, our audience about your business and how you uh, came to be a lead consultant at the Hospitality G and, and your mission and, and the things you hope to get out of that or are getting out of it. Well, yes, I spent 11 years uh, working with an organization that has been known for um, hospitality. Uh, so I was intrigued because hospitality, as you were saying, Andrew, is just the genuine entertainment of guests, right? And since we are in the feel society nowadays, how people feel and how you make them feel is it, it was a number one thing for me, right? So hospitality was in my blood and then saying, gosh, Ivy, if you could bottle this up because you're so good with people, you know how to make people feel good, you motivate, you engage people. If you could bottle that up, what would you call it? So Eureka. The hospitality G, someone who motivates hospitable behavior in the workplace because I know that feeling good health-wise, right, it, it, it just gets the best out of people. Um, when you go in with good intentions of making people feel good, especially in the, um, gosh, in a hospital, like that's what they go to. They, they go to a hospital so you can make me feel good and make me feel better. So the genuine treatment of people um, in, in my mind, it just goes hand in hand, no matter where you are. Um, go yeah, ahead. that's well, I was just going to say, you know, I, I've said this a few times on in the podcast about how the hospital just walking around the med center where I where my office is. Um, you know, you meet people at various states of uh, of emotion. You know, mm -hmm. some people are thrilled because they just beat cancer or they just had a child and other people are having the worst day of their life. So you never know what struggle um, someone's having. And I think that the hospital is is a place where there's a lot going on at any given time. And then it's so important to, you know, make people feel cared for and seen and, and felt um, so that healing does begin there. And I've just always pointed that out that I've, it's just some of the conversations. One thing I miss about, um, uh, you know, not being at work so much and, and having those just uh, random encounters and, and interactions with people. And, and um, you know, people are... are thirsty for connection in of course that, in that environment and it just it just makes so much sense to 
to have that. And and so I want you to go into how um, it evolved your training and, and the kind of things you do and who, who you who you work with and all that kind of stuff. Of course. So um, what that did, especially um, my final role um, before I left the hotel, right, what they used to call the hospital, was the guest service coordinator. Um, in that mindset, that meant that, hey, when we mess up, we need you to come clean it up. Right, we need you to fix it because you're the fixer. Um, it, it it got me in the understanding of how you communicate with people, how you handle them. Um, it's going to get the most out of them. Uh, it influenced me to start uh, sharpening some of the skills around the difficult conversations. Like as you're saying, Andrew, we met because I was teaching sexual orientation and gender identity. One of the main um, <clears throat> subjects that people sometimes conflate because people want to automatically put someone's sexual orientation based upon their gender identity and that's harmful right if we're talking about uh how we treat people and how we make people feel um so it just got me in the demeanor of reading body language being able to communicate to people in a way that they don't ever hear you idiot and i know that the tone, the energy that I give, um, it, it weighs a lot on that. Um, the way that I got connected with the organization um, was I was at the transgender health conference. I think it was a South, South AHEC um, transgender uh, health conference. And um, there weren't a lot of participants in the, in, in the audience Yet I knew a lot of the community because I've been involved in LGBTQ um, activism work or working with a local nonprofit for a while. Um, so when I was asked, could I be, could I help the team and be a participant? I lucked up and got the Office of Diversity and Inclusion uh, for Wake Baptist Medical Center. And it was so amazing that people really were caught up on how I identified. So they and now don't think that it was out of any other way of them just wanting to make sure that they treated me right, but they were so caught up on how do I address you that it was just written all over their face. And I was just like, let's start by saying hi. <laughs> and it sort of kind of broke the ice and it was just like, oh, okay, right? So. Um, being able to raise awareness and, and raise comfort then became my passion um, because of the interaction. Uh, and that's one cool thing about my organization, right? Because when people think the hospitality, G, what does that really mean? Well, it's about how well you're treating your guests, right? And that's your internal guests and your external guests. Do you have your internal guests prepared and engaged in a way that they are able to take care of your external guests in the way that makes sense that aligns with your mission okay explain that a little bit internal versus external internal means that the staff that's working for you the people that have to buy into your mission the people that have to represent the energy that you're wanting to give and the external are the people that you're taking care of right now right so those things are um very important, especially when it comes down to running any organization or any type of business. 
Yeah, I think I think it plays well and across the board. And I, I'm just, you know, I still want to stick with the actual hospitality industry yeah. for a little bit. And, um, you know, why don't you share some of the insights uh, from your experience of of where people, especially new, you know, say new hires and and mm -hmm. and um, fresh workers, fresh fresh guest workers, um, that uh, you know, where 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 do you find uh, uh, the most area in need of of training for for people to to understand what you're what you're doing? Oh gosh, let's see. Um, the the to under gosh. <laughs> That's a good one. You know, when, when when you think about it and you're looking at the generation, right? Because we're dealing with a completely different generation of workers, right? We're dealing with a generation of workers who um, didn't have that uh, training, I guess you can say, at home where my parents looked at me and said, you better go to work and you better do what these people say. And if you don't do what these people say, they're going to be problems when you get home. Okay. <laughs> The generation that we're dealing with now has a completely different perspective because of where we are, um, where the parents have prepared their, 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 their child in a way that says, hey, make sure these people treat you right. And if they don't treat you right, you let me know because then there are going to be problems with me. Right? So the area that's necessary, number one, is understanding we're going to a whole different generation, right? We're going to have to change the approach of even what's making it appealing because people have, especially during COVID times now, uh, gotten to the understanding of how this virtual thing works. So how am I going to bring the reality back? How am I going to get them engaged to understand that, hey, this... Th th the way that I show up, the way that I carry myself, um, people aren't going to misunderstand that. So am I unintentionally misrepresenting myself, right? And do I need that type of training or that type of perspective that I'm going to give to get you out of your own way, right? That's going to get you the opportunity to keep your power in a way that makes sense because we're human and we tend to give our joystick away. Right. And that could be, am I the leader that's going to have the feel style leadership? Right. In my mind, that's the fairness with everything that I do. Clear expectations every time that I set somebody up with um, uh, an opportunity. Am I the example of those expectations? So then I'm creating loyalty in industry that people can believe and buy into. Right. Um, it's a two-way street for me. And, and I found that being with the experience of what I'm doing, a two-way street where there's an inventory of what's going on or where's the communication breakdown. Because it's not, do people know what they're doing? It's, are you talking to me in a way that's, number one, going to get me, elevate me to do the best that I can do, right? And when we're talking about hospitality and, 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 and hospital, just the well-being of it all. Um, the communication piece and how, that's how that comes across. So it has been very difficult um, trying to get people to understand, yet the organizations that I have worked with um, doing team building to get communication and getting people on the same page um, has been very successful. 
um, doing the trainings around the difficult conversations have been very successful. Um, doing yeah. things like this. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the generational differences because what you described in the older version was like giving putting all the responsibility, which I think is the right way on the person going out into the world. And the other way, the newer coddled, if you want to say, I think, yeah. I think, you know, that everyone gets a trophy and, and if there's a conflict, go find the adult or the parent. And so it, it, it actually takes agency away from that. So I think that, you know, you, you pointed out, I think a big challenge with today's workforce, the younger workforce, those coming in, you know, they're looking for meaning, they're looking to be seen. They're looking to have agency, but they haven't really been. Uh, they haven't been trained to accept the responsibility and trained to understand the power that they have, um, mm -hmm. and and how to exercise that. And I want you to see if you can relate that into um, going back to you know being the gift services manager. You know, I, I can imagine. And speaking of difficult conversations, I can imagine that. You know what you would run into in that travel sense because someone's paying a lot of money to stay at this nice place and if their experience is is not you know what they had expected then there's misalignment and it's your yeah. job to go in and first say hi <laughs> you know like you said and show that those that beautiful that smile, smile yeah. yours. and then that that sort of i think defangs the tension and then you can start figuring out the alignment, but I think there's there's a great deal of responsibility. There's a great deal of owning your agency with that, and it, it, somehow I just wanted to tie that all into the generational differences and the challenges you see with 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 those kind of trainings now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you 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 hit it on 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 the head. The ownership part, and and I think a experience comes back to mind where um, there was. A miscommunication around telling someone that their card had declined, right? And gosh, Ivy, I need you to fix it. And it's like, whoa, you just hit me with a ton of bricks. Actually, the lady that's on the way down the elevator right now that's ready to hit you with the brick, you want me to stand in the way? Like, wait a minute. Um, but being able to uh, think outside the box uh, are some of the, the 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 trainings, some of the tools. Uh, some of the communication, being able to um, have that moment of, oh, how would I want someone to handle me, right? And being able to put that into perspective and making sure that as any training that I'm approaching, that I'm communicating that with them. You have to take the ownership. Oh, I'm so sorry that we didn't meet the expectation that you had before. That's not saying I am sorry, this is about the, you know, connecting the dots with the ownership, owning the agency, and then figuring out a way to make it better instead of just stopping at the ownership, right? Um, the lady had traveled from DC and I asked her what type of vehicle did she have, right? So you're making a conversation valuing because I want to hear you and I want to make you feel important. Oh, I have a Tahoe. Ma'am, do you know how much gas you had to put in your car this morning? And now from D.C. and now you're in North Carolina, just call your bank and let your bank know that this isn't a fraudulent thing and that you're traveling. Well, why didn't she say, ma'am, I don't know. 
And the louder that you're getting right now is going to leave me in a bad situation because I'm going to have to keep working here. <laughs> okay. So, you know, being able to have that personable touch, I, I find myself, it, when we talk about that generational gap, people asking me, Ivy, how am I able to relate to this generation? I'm saying, hey, there's a time and a place to be pro professional and to be the um, COO, right? There's a time and a place. When you want to come and ask me about my day, that's not the time and the place to be the COO, right? That's not the time and the place to be professional with me if you want to connect with me. Yet, if you need me to do something, like the next time that this happens, be professional with me then, right? Because then there's a time and a place for me to know, oh, you're the boss, yet you do care about me. So your behavior is going to have to change your tone, your energy, the level of ownership, right? Um, all of those things just go hand in hand and it just compelled me to say, gosh, you gotta be able to stick with it, stay consistent. You're gonna have some difficult conversations with some people who aren't gonna wanna hear you, right? Yet when you are able to experience it, show it, give it to them, like clearly the energy that I shared with you for you to say, hey, Ivy, come come talk to me about what you do and and, and how you do it. So somehow it can inspire and get these individuals who either may be struggling with it or who haven't thought about it from this perspective, they're able to get out of their own way. So they're able to have that um, balance, right? Mm -hmm. And balance doesn't mean that it has to equal. It's just that, hey, it makes sense in a good way because the feeling is there. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think, you know, you touched on kind of the golden rule, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. There was something in there you said. It reminded me of that. And then, <laughs> excuse me, then also, like, um, one of the things it seems like you have to train and help build is resiliency. Can you can you talk a little bit of that, some strategies you might? Because, I mean, I'm thinking of this, you know, the newer generation, the, the ones who have been, like, kind of, treated with kid gloves and helicopter parented or or just not been in situations where they were allowed to feel discomfort for very long you know what i'm saying so is, yeah. is resiliency something that you work on with these clients in in a sense i um i i have something that i put together that's called a um feedback agreement form okay if that makes sense um, I think that any organization who um, have people who sign up to play a role, you got to have their user manual, okay? And that feedback agreement form for, for, for me is something that um, helps um, hold people accountable, right? Um, helps them come back with the togetherness, the camaraderie of it all. Um, it's like saying, okay, great. I signed up for this role. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Yet when I'm, when, when I'm not doing this, this is how I want to be handled. Okay. And then because on the flip side, your leader is human. There's a part where I ask when I'm not handled this way, how do you need to get clean, right? So that bounce back. How am I going to get you to buy back into what we're doing and you're not going to feel any type of way behind it, right? Um, 
within those conversations with staff, um, especially when it comes down to the tedious things like, hey, you're not doing this. I've heard people say, all I need you to tell me is get my head back in the game, right? So that's going to have me spring back into it. That's going to have me get back, buy back. It's going to make me feel like we're together in this, yet you're handling me in a way that's going to allow me to be the best me. Well, it sounds like personality types um, that you're talking oh, yeah. about. And, and I think that that's always been a challenge in training and, and, and HR and just working, you know, aligning people's work styles and, 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 and their needs to as far as, far as communication, which is uh, something I want. I don't know how I'm going to get there, um, but maybe something... I can bring it in. Maybe I can bring it in. So I also do staff rejuvenation type of conversations, okay? And sometimes those are the things that are necessary to get um, teams to spring back, right? I um, just had a conversation over at uh, Heritage Greens here in Greensboro, Kisco uh, Senior Living Center, about um, how when people go into the hospitality industry, the fine print is them signing up for the unknown, right? Because you don't know what you're gonna get, you don't know who you're going to deal with. And we just had an experience where um, COVID was sort of kind of like the unknown. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're dealing with. And you're thinking about the fact of being socially frustrated because you won't be able to engage the way you used to. You won't be able to do what you want to. Yet you signed up to deal with a deal with the population who have been socially isolated, right? So using those words and that communication with them to get them to be able to understand, gosh, you were so right. I was just frustrated because I couldn't go outside. I was just frustrated because I couldn't um, go over to my friend's house like I wanted to. And now my attitude, the way that I'm going to present myself with these people who couldn't even have their loved ones come to talk to them, how are you going to show up? Right. So that conversation that mine gave, I just had a team building with an organization um, downtown who, um, gosh, I asked them to draw several different things just out of the blue. But it was common things like a circle, draw a square, you know, those different things. And I was blown away that no one asked any questions. Right. And nobody's picture looked the same. And then they were wondering why were we having communication issues? <laughs> well, because nobody's asking any questions. Y'all are taking common things and making them very difficult because if I would have said a circle, you're like, oh, I know a circle, so I'm just gonna draw a circle instead of saying, would you like that circle in the middle of the page on the left-hand side? On the And that's where communication issues happen. So being able to have those type of discussions in a team setting, leaders and followers to where people can then get that accountability sort of kind of springs them back right it kind of gets them engaged um and it's a it it, it gets that camaraderie the togetherness like mm -hmm. hey now we're gonna go back to war tomorrow but when we're at war today we're gonna know how to support each other we're gonna know how to have each other's back yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it sounds like a lot like alignment. I think I said that word earlier. And mm -hmm. I think that's so important to have people 
you know, on the same page, you know, it seems very cliche to say that, but it, it is so important, especially now um, that we're communicating more remotely. And, and one of the things, and you mentioned it earlier, body language and smile oh, yeah. and, and all those uh, nonverbal, I, I read somewhere that 80% of communication is nonverbal. And now we're in this, you know, two-dimensional space online. And so we lose a lot of that. So making words and how you use words so much more important. And what have you, what do you have any anecdotes or, or any just uh, insights that you've noticed since all this has happened that, you know, things that you've had to improve and things you could, you don't, you don't get to rely on as much. And I oh, think, yeah. and one of the things I'm thinking is if you have a mask on, I don't get to see that beautiful smile. So, and that's the thing too. <laughs> and especially during the coaching and conversations, like, Hey, your energy, your body language is going to represent everything, right? That's why when I said the thing about carrying yourself in the manner that you want people to treat you is so, so key, right? If I'm going to come in and I'm going to say, hey, I'm your motivational speaker, then I got to bring all this energy. And that's in order for you to buy in, right? I can't just say, hey, I believe it and I know that I am and then not display it, right? Um I, I, I've learned that um, tone, right? Do you have the go do it tone or do you have the let me coach you tone? Self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. How am I going to come across and make sure that oh, even though I'm human, when I come across, am I paying attention to how it's received, right? And if I'm paying attention to how it's received, especially in this virtual world, do I have people now that are doing this because that's a number one thing that they do when they're like, I don't understand, but they don't want to say they don't understand. Yet when you invite them in and say, hey, with that body language, it makes me feel like there's something that you might want to ask. And I just want to be that resource that's going to help you, mm -hmm. right? As we were communicating around the difficult conversation of um, sexual orientation and gender identity, I think that um, the tone the, the 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 reassurance that hey as a trainer of something that's always evolving please know that you're aren't you you're not going to always get it right so when you don't get it right take ownership excuse me now when Bless you it. don't get it right yeah take ownership and take ownership in a way that says gosh i'm going to own this and it's so new to me please tell me what how, how can i improve on this how can we work on this together Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think ownership is, a, is something that we all need to take on, and that is both in how we're projecting our own, uh, how we're showing up ourselves, and understanding that people may not see us the same way we see ourselves as well. So that, that you know, there's there's a misalignment sometimes that can be there as well, and I find it even more challenging. Like I, I've been doing some health coach practicing with volunteers because I'm, I'm training to be a health coach. And um, one of the things that I've purposely um, done is, is, is schedule calls that are just phone only, especially if I don't know the person, because mm -hmm. what it does is eliminates any bias I have just based on how they look. You know, the immutable factors that no one can change, 
um, you know, that that might give me a part of the story that I haven't heard yet, but I'm making it up in my mind, you know, unconscious bias, whatever we call it. And one of the things it helps me do is be a better listener and, uh, you know, be able to ask questions pertinent just to the words they're saying and not who my mind starts to project uh, who I think they are already. So I, I don't know if you've noticed any of that um, in this, you know, going from 3D to 2D. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. As a positive energy, happy person, I have had to take the time to understand that even though I have good intentions, it's not always received that way. And when it's not received that way, I don't need to communicate what I intended to communicate. I need to make sure that I take that moment to understand and digest that that just wasn't the way I was received, right? I have understood now that because of the role that I played as a fixer, that I adopted that into my lifestyle and I don't have to fix everything. It puts a lot of pressure on myself, unintended pressure, right? But the intentions is to be a good person. And if somebody brings me a problem, I want to immediately fix it. Yet it has caused my patience because I'm impatient <laughs> to come to say, Ooh, great. Did you just want to get that out? Do you need any suggestions from me or did you just want me to listen? What are the some other challenges that you see um, in the workplace these days, having gone a year into the pandemic? And has it changed what hospitality means, how it's delivered? Is it made it more challenging to deliver? Is it has it has it you know basically how has it changed? Um, gosh, I think that uh, it weeded out those who were just genuinely wanted to make the connections, I guess you can say. Um, from my perspective, again, I, I'm a people person. I sometimes highly encourage the people that I come in contact with that are not people that like, I, I just, I don't, I don't like people. And it's like, well, why are you doing this? I strongly encourage you to go find something else to do because not only are you not being successful, but you're not even getting the maximum of what you could be getting because you don't believe in going above and beyond. And that's what you signed up for. Um, it, it, it's, it, I, I think that because of the being able to sit, right? Because in the hospitality industry, that wasn't an essential industry, right? But the hospital was. Right. So right now, I find us trying to be able to put people in a situation of comfort. Like, yes, hey, we hired you to do a job, yet I need you to know that there could be or could not be risk that I'm putting you in. Right. Because right now in the hospitality industry, with them wanting to open up to having events, right, again, but we're going to have different accommodations on the event. And then here you have 50 people and everybody, no one has on a mask, but the staff, right? So how do you keep them engaged and keep them going, especially with knowing, hey, we want you to be as safe as possible, yet they don't feel it? Well, that means we're going to have to talk about it more. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it more. 
We're going to have to show more appreciation, right? More gratitude, not just because we expect you to, right? How am I approaching this conversation with the team or, or what am I building in as far as structure to make them know that, hey, I do appreciate you, yet you're going to have to do this. Right, right. So there is a, a, a bit of like, uh, well, the alignment again is like what's mm -hmm. needed, what's wanted, and sometimes those two things are 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 not not joining very well. So, so that's that piece you just said. You you have to do this part. <laughs> yeah. And then this other part, you you know, you have a little leeway with that you can interact. Um, excuse me. Uh, now, let, now I read a little bit of your bio. Um, tell us, you know, you came to Elon on a basketball scholarship. So where, where, where'd you come from, and and you know how, how did that play out, and and some of the lessons learned through playing organized sports at the college level, and 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 and, and being coached yourself on that level. I mean, what oh, did yeah. you learn? Discipline, discipline, a lot of discipline. Sometimes um, later than I than I hoped. Um, I am from Farmville, Virginia. Farmville is in the heart of Virginia. It's in Prince Edward County. Um, I found out a lot more about my hometown being here in Greensboro after graduating from Elon. Um, I did. I had a full scholarship at Elon and played basketball because um, back then basketball was my escape, right? As a young female who was coming up, figuring out my sexual orientation. Um, there was a lot of things that needed um, passion, and passion became basketball for me. It was an escape, as you can as you can imagine. Um, I went to Elon as a fighting Christian. Yes, I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> but no, no, I, I say that because discovering sexual orientation and gender identity as a fighting Christian, um, it was it was icky. It was it was difficult. I couldn't be me. There were things that were given as far as how I needed to show up, how I needed to carry myself, um, things that were just unacceptable because I was at a private school um, who I could sit with on the bus. Um, the team not wanting to go to shower because, again, I, I didn't say, but it was 1999. So we hadn't had the Google. We didn't have a lot of things of people expressing themselves and people thought that you could catch being uh, gay. People thought that, oh, if I touch you, I'm gay. And let's just be real. So people wouldn't want to shower around me because they felt like I wanted them. Um, so it was a difficult experience, yet the love of basketball kept me in it. Um, I was coached in a way of coming from a small town star athlete to where now I'm at a division one basketball team where everybody's a star athlete, right? I am 5'10 and had a, I have a 6'2 wingspan. <laughs> so I didn't, I, the discipline was you are not in high school when you have the free range to do what you want. You are now a defensive stopper. You have to guard the best person. You only play defense and that was hard. Right. That was hard. I could take a shot and make a shot and my coach would take me out of the game because that's not what she put me in the game for. OK, the, the, the points that I was supposed to score was off of me getting offensive rebounds and putbacks. Mm -hmm. um, it took a, it, it was a lot. 
um, when 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 I was outed or my mother um, was aware of my sexual orientation and gender identity, it didn't it didn't go well. Um, she was very concerned, but didn't have the right communication again um, because of what was instilled in her. Um, she would tell me, Ivy, you're a female. You can't change that. Ivy, you're black. You can't change that. You're not going to get a fair shake um, with a third strike on your back, right? And, and as a child, I couldn't understand that. Um, but now I do understand how she was just scared for me. Um, the way that I have shared that story, um, getting out of Elon, I went to Wassenberg, Germany to play in the European League. And because basketball, again, my first dream was Ivy was going to be a professional basketball player, right? So um, that's how I landed this quick, easy job in hospitality, because when Germany called, Ivy was just going to blow this popsicle stand. Um, yet Ivy had to do some ownership. Ivy went up for a layup, got undercut, asked the question to the referee, why didn't you call the foul? And everybody that was watching me saw um, me unintentionally misrepresent myself as somebody who could have possibly gotten a lot of technical files, somebody who possibly couldn't um, follow order, because if the referee called a foul, then I should have just accepted a foul. Um, but one of the things that I say about people being in their own way was I didn't want to own it because that wasn't my intention. So I would throw it off and say, if that referee would have called that foul, then I still would have been in my dream. And it took a lot of me having to put my pride on the shelf that got me prepared to be able to have these conversations to say, no, Ivy, if you would have shut up, you would have still been in your game, right? Um, the experience of evolution, like the world catching up. In 2018, I got an LGBTQ community enrichment award from Elon University, where I was a fighting Christian, right? So um, patience and, and, and understanding really got me engaged with meeting people where they are and wanting to have these types of conversation. Understanding that I came from a town where um, they'd rather shut schools down. So Prince Edward County is the fifth and final case in Brown versus Board of Education, where from 1959 to 1964, they shut public schools down. So no black students were able to get an education in Prince Edward County. My father was affected by that. He mm -hmm. had to go to Iowa to get a um, degree, yet came back to Farmville because he got his degree, um, became a lawyer, and was the first, first black lawyer in Farmville. I didn't know that until I was in other voices probably five years ago, mm. right? And understanding, or like you said, that bias and those things that come into people's minds of what type of mindset would I have had if he would have shared that with me too young? Mm -hmm. Wow. So I love that you started with discipline and we got with patience and evolution and perseverance. There's so many great yeah. things of that, your story. And it reminded me, I, you know, I was recently reading something that talked about Sisyphus, you know, that pushes the the rock up the hill and you know you get to a to a level spot and then you look up and there's another hill to, to oh, go yeah. so you know you went from being the top of your you know 
uh, you know, high school to doing whatever you want, and then to being a part of a system, and then, you know, you leave there thinking, okay, now make the pros, and and now there's another set of constraints or expectations. So it's always yet another hill to push it up um, to. So the the persistence and the patience and discipline it seems to help you grow that resilience and be able to put mm -hmm. yourself in uncomfortable you know spots and do that guest services role and and the, and now train others to 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 have that same um, same approach so that's that's oh, yeah. wonderful i mean that's a, a great story and a great background for you uh or, or how you got to where you are and i think it speaks volumes of of you know where you are and, and how you know you know leading people to have to to face discomfort and to respond oh, yeah. accordingly oh yeah the, the i think the best time that i have is um teaching public speaking and presentation skills um especially to i i did that with the small business center at Forsyth tech okay with alan younger over there um and, and and making sure that people understand that if you're going in the business and you're going in the business for yourself public speaking and presentation skills are main because even if your audience is one how you connect with that one and how you're able to um push that confidence right because when you lack confidence people will question your competence and if you're the one who knows what's going on how are you going to carry that out yeah. um yeah so it's it, it's been fun it's been like I said, the 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 experience, the experience, Andrew, and you you tapped it right on the head. The experience that I've had, yet being able to share that experience from the growth that I've had from the experience sometimes gets people to understand and gets them to align with what's comfortable for them. I'm not trying to tell you that you need to be IBG. But I am telling you that you do need to find what's going to get your um, get you in a state of comfort so you can lead God, give and represent yourself in that manner that you want. Right. How you're going to be able to always maintain to treat people how you want to be treated, no matter how they treat you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great message. And and. You know, leading, you know, you, you talked about evolution um, and, and the, the world's evolved pretty rapidly, especially with the rise of the Internet. Like you said, you were in oh, yeah. 1999 when, you know, AOL.com was probably still the number one email provider. Um, and now, you know, we, you know, there's there's quite a bit of representation of lgbtq in media in commercials oh, and yeah. billboards and in everywhere you look out i mean are you happy with where we've gotten to and i know there's probably a lot of work to be done still but i mean does it give you hope that we've reached a point where there is knowledge and understanding and acceptance and and at least at least exposure to be honest with you until um decisions are being able to be made by people who can relate um it, it's 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 difficult right now andrew because of um what's going on in our state with um the bill is it 514 um there's a um a, a bill with uh, the transgender community right now that's trying to um eliminate people under the age of 21 being able to have gender 
um, reassignment surgery. That's harmful. That's hurtful. Um, but the decisions that are being made are being made by people who don't understand. Um, I have hope because we can have the conversation. Yet things that keep happening that 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 are that are um, causing my community to lose their life. Right? If everybody wants to be seen, if everybody wants to be heard, um, it makes me feel like the work that I'm doing it's not in vain. It's just more needed. People need to understand um, how um, the health disparities that come with misgendering someone or not being able to see them for who they see. Um, there's work, like you said, the, the, I, I can't see the top, but I know that there's work. I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful because I've experienced it, right? I've, I've, I've experienced the evolution to where I couldn't say anything to where now I can walk around in a suit every day and there's still going to be some people who misgender me, but then there are going to people, there are people who see me, who understand me. And I know that the way that I carry myself gives hope to those who say, um, gosh, why is she like this? How, how can I be like this? Right? Um, I'm grateful for the work that's being done with Wake Baptist Medical Center because the, it, it, the, the, the healthcare and where people really need to be seen and understood, um, it's necessary. I'm prideful about that work. That work gives me hope because every individual that I have met and the people that I've been working with have been wanting this knowledge. I wish that this could go so far. Um, people do need to understand um, the harm, again, like I said, that is going to be done by not just letting people be, right? Not letting people just authentically show up as themselves. Uh, I'm so hopeful, though. Again, mm -hmm. like I said, I waited 15 years. I graduated from Elon in 2003. So in 2018, was when I got that LGBTQ Community Enrichment Award. Mm -hmm. I believe that somebody told me that everybody's on the wrong side of history at some point in their lives. Um, we There's so much work that needs to be done. I'm well, and I got a lot of energy, so I want to give the work, okay? So hear me say that, but um, it's definitely different from the times of people just being able to um, feel like, hey, if I touch you, I can catch it. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you, you, there there has to be a recognition of, yeah. and I, I know there's plenty of work to be done still, but oh, the recognition yeah. that of the progress that we made. I mean, in mass media and popular oh, yeah, TV yeah. shows, there's representation and people, you know, there there there's you know conversations and even in sitcoms and stuff that would never been had ten years ago or fifteen years ago. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean the 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 dialogue is out, and I don't think you know I think ignorance is a big part to play and i think once people you know i'm i'm libertarian so I, it's more of a ph ph philosophy than an ideology where people be able to do whatever the hell they want to do as long as you're not yeah. harming anyone else right and you do exactly. you want to be and, and 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 i think you know uh you know this very inclusive way of looking at the world is just like you do you and you know as long as you don't burn my house down in the process you know we're exactly. cool. 
Exactly. And I mean, I do a lot of work here in Greensboro with uh, youth. So um, I am a contract facilitator with the NCCJ um, and we do a week long trip called Anytown. They have a, 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 a flagship program. They are human relations organization that um, bigotry, bias, all of those things. We're, we're, we're trying to uh, build community. Um, so we take the kids on the mountain. And we have a seven part series where we talk about privilege. Um, we talk about uh, gender. We talk about race, sexual orient, sexual identity, sexual orientation, authority figures, um, all of those things that we uh, discuss. So I lead the sexual orientation program for them as well. Um, and I think that that's when my age comes out because the kids, they can relate to me. I got to be honest with you. I am blessed that the kids are able to relate to me. And I always put it on positive energy being the fountain of youth that keeps me young and youthful. Um, yet when the kids can tell me, oh, I'm out and my parents accept me, it always makes me emotional. I cry and they look at me like, what's wrong with you? And I'm just like, it means that the work that I'm doing is important, right? Mm -hmm. It means that right now, the, the, the fact that I was uncomfortable at home and you're comfortable at home means that it was it was worth it. Mm -hmm. right? um, being able to share those stories, like I did a um, out in the South uh, conversation with Yes Weekly, maybe in, it was 2016 and it was in May. And I was talking about how um, my struggle, because my mother <laughs> is a preacher now. Okay, so as you say, that alignment, I knew her before she was a Reverend Jesse, so I know. But now I also know you as a Reverend Jesse, and I respect the fact of our relationship, how you support me, how you still see me. Um, and, and, and that story was so powerful because she took ownership to trying to put me in dresses, to taking me to church, and we were going to pray this away, um, yet then took her moment and her oath to say, how am I not honoring my child, especially with me wanting to take this spiritual journey? You know, giving forgiveness and grace to herself and asking for forgiveness from me was something that was so powerful that these like like when the story hit, it was in May, so it was prom time. And 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 my face, of course, being plastered on this news article, people walking up to me saying, Hey, I know you don't know me, but I need you to know that. Um Yesterday, I took my daughter to get um, prepared for prom. She asked me for a suit and I didn't feel uncomfortable. I took my daughter to get a suit, you know, and those types of things are the reason why I continue to share the reason why I continue to say, yeah, there's hope. There's a lot of work to do, but I want to be a realist. Too, right. It's, it, it's 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 life or death now. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that story with me, and and I think it is important to to know that uh, you know still work to do in that because I you know I I I know I sit in a place of privilege, um, being middle aged white guy, straight and bipedal, and you know all the all the things I could say. Um, so I you know I just and then I look at TV or I look at the news or something and, and think, well, you know, we're a pretty progressive society, you know, we've come a long way, but I, I don't see it from the ground level that, that you see it from too, that there's still plenty of work to be done there. And oh, I, yeah. I appreciate your work there. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the welfare reform liaison project. I know you're affiliated with them some in some mm -hmm. degree and, and I, I went through the website and I really love 
the types of training they're doing. You want to talk a little bit about that and how you yeah, get involved? So, so the Welfare Reform Liaison Project is an organization that's dedicated to, and, 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 and to be honest with you, I need to look back in because of COVID, a lot of stuff um, had some ups and downs. However, when I was engaged with the organization, I was teaching customer service and hospitality. Um, I was connected to the organization while I was at proximity, teaching a trade skill or some type of um, uh, skill that will get people back into the workforce where they are able to get an opportunity to get them out of the welfare system. Okay, mm -hmm. um, challenges. It was challenges there, and 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 um, what I would do was teach six weeks of customer service and hospitality what it looks like in this environment, what the expectations are in this environment, and especially given some insight to some of the people who had strikes on their back, the reason why they weren't able to go to work, um, taking the time to understand and, and get people to understand, hey, on paper, you look like a criminal. So how are you going to show up to make sure that you don't match paper, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to have that, um, I like to call it uh, being a chameleon, right? Because I can fit in any community and and and, and I don't know, uh, or, or being able to adapt to that community to, to then translate English, right? Because everybody's talking the same language, but how am I going to make sure that you're hearing what's being said and not trying to pay attention to the body language and the way that it's coming across so mm -hmm. you can actually receive it? Um, I taught uh, housekeeping. So because I was the executive housekeeper uh, for six years at the Proximity Hotel, um, we did a training program out of Proximity where um, the participants in the Welfare Reform Liaison Project would come in, they would experience the proximity. Um, I, I would make sure, make it a point, walk through the front door. And if anybody that looks at you wrong, I want you to tell me. Right. Mm -hmm. But everybody knew the project was going on. So um, they would be paired up with the housekeeper to learn housekeeping and then possibly go to a different hotel, possibly to gain employment. And anyone that didn't have any obstacles on their in, in their way were offered opportunities at the hotel because they had received this training. Um, it was a great experience. It mm. got me um, to understand that there are, like you said, I can't judge a book by its cover, yet I found myself in that position at the hotel, right? When, 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 when I could read that a kid was coming in who really wanted an opportunity, who had on some shorts and some socks and some slides to say, hey, are y'all hiring for me to meet them outside and say, listen, you're not in the appropriate outfit for you to come. A first impression is a lasting impression. I don't want you to mess that up. I can pretend like I didn't see you. If you can go home and you can change and you can come back. That made me feel like somebody's not preparing our future. You gotta get out here, we gotta talk about it. Put me in the position to make sure that I tell people, you gotta show up and you gotta show up appropriately. You gotta play this game. And then once you're in this game, you then know how to use your joystick to maneuver you in the right direction. But can't nobody make you but you. So don't give your joystick away. Yeah, that's that's great. And I, and I think 
you know, it goes without saying how important uh, having an occupation and, and a good job is to get people in upward mobility, which is the key indicator of, of, of health and wellness, too, is, is getting out of poverty. Poverty sucks for anybody, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. and no one yeah. wants to be poor. And yet there are so many reasons why people are stuck in that. And and you just pointed out one maybe never no one ever explained how to show up and how to publicly speak and how to dress properly and i noticed they had a job club that seemed to be like uh you know it wasn't the the initial training the orientation and training but it was like once you've been trained now there's this this meta skill you needed to have about how to be a colleague how to be a peer mm -hmm. how, to, how to be a coworker, and all that and and how to show up so it's so important and i'm so glad that you, you pointed that out and that you're doing that um yeah and and i've heard it over and over again in workforce development i i know a lot of people in that field and they they talk about you know we got companies that come up and they say okay get us you know 30 people who meet these criteria for us to put in our apprenticeship training program and they're like you know, we tee them up and they come wearing slides and a, and a t shirt and hat on backwards or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, there, there is that level of training that's not being met, you know, and, and it's so, it's so good to hear that you're, you're providing. It ties back to the generational. Yeah. To, it, it, it goes back to the generational thing. We think because we were set up for success that everybody was set up for success instead mm -hmm. of just saying, Hey, let me set you up for success. I find myself telling people now, if I call you in for an interview, hey, the interview is business casual. I don't expect you to know that anymore. I need to tell you that because that's what I'm expecting from you. So let me put my expectations on the table ahead of time. Because if I don't, and then you show up, right? And I see that first impression and you're like, why did you come in flip-flops? Well, why didn't they tell me that I couldn't? Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. I, I've got a, a child who's a questioner about everything yeah. like that, too. So it, being a parent has, has definitely helped me uh, uh, communicate and have more patience and, and, and that kind of thing, too. Well, um, we'll switch gears again and, and uh, we're, we're kind of at time. But um, I wanted to ask, you know, what what is your morning routine to get up and be so positive? Because you do have that oh, energy. Man. Oh, man, let me tell you. So today is Magic Monday. In my world, the pep talk is you got to make magic today. Your skill set and what you bring to the table, that's your magic, right? The mind is the most magical thing in your body. Your mindset will allow and determine your magic. Let's kick that mindset into positive energy. Let's make magic. On Tuesday, it's Teeth Out Tuesday. Right. I keep my teeth out all day. It was just a creative way of talking about smiling. Right. I'm in the smile industry and people I'm not just people don't like hearing smile all the time. But the definition of a smile is to curve the corners of your mouth up and to expose your front teeth. Just as simple. Put your teeth out. Um, put your teeth out because you have hope. Smiling is your welcome mat. Right. You're carrying yourself in the manner that you can be approached. So it's opportunity. Right. Wednesdays, midweek motivation. We gotta get determined. We gotta figure out what's that gonna be, what's gonna be the steps that's gonna pull us through, right? We gotta make sure we're keeping our joystick, making sure we stay focused. And I like taking little acronyms. If you didn't hear me from the field style when I gave you that one, 
But when I say focus, I mean, we're saying faithful. We're saying on point. We're saying consistent. We're being unbothered by the things we cannot control. We're smiling. So that means we're keeping those teeth out. Then we feel empowered and determined. So that's my midweek motivation conversation. On Thursdays, it's Thankful Thursday. We got to have an attitude of gratitude. We have to thank those. We have to be thankful for the experiences, no matter what they are, the good, the bad, because we're learning something. So attitude of gratitude. Not only that, looking at yourself and saying, self, thank you. Thank you for all that you do, because I don't think that people thank themselves enough, right? On Fridays, it's Feel Good Friday. We do things that make that feel good to the soul. Um, sometimes it's a musical thing because music gives you that good, feel good energy. Um, or you think about the people that you can rely on when you're having a bad day that you can say, hey, I need you to help me get out of my own way, right? On Saturdays, it's Self-Confidence Saturday, right? We're building up and we're, we're, we're believing and accepting who we are, how we are, and celebrating that. Be it the three C's, the crazy, the confident, the um, the cool, right? Um, then I talk about self-love on Sunday. And I have done that so much to where I just look at myself and I forgive myself for the things that I couldn't control, but I tried to, and then say, self, I love you. And I'm going to forgive you again next week because you're human and I know you're going to do it all mm -hmm. over again. So practicing those things and saying those things allows me to make magic even when it ain't Monday. It allows me to keep my teeth out every day, yet I focus on it on Tuesday. It gives me the motivation to get through every day, yet Wednesdays are those midweek days, right? But adopting it has just put that attitude full of gratitude. I won't do anything if it doesn't feel good. Um, I have publicly... Uh, cried, I think, on the internet one day because I was in my head so bad about saying, I don't feel good. I don't feel good instead of me saying, hey, what do you need to feel good? Because I was trapped in it and I just started crying. But I was just like, but I'm not crying because I feel bad. And I was just like, I have to own that my body now is trying to wash away negativity. I have become so positive that anything that negative is coming into me, my body is just reflecting it like as in, uh-uh, boo, no, we're not. We're gonna get this out of our system because you're not going there. And it's just been a tool and it's allowed me to show up. That's beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And, and thoughts become things, choose the good ones, right? Yeah, of course. Ivy G, the hospitality G. This has been yeah. wonderful. I appreciate your time. Thank you so yeah, much for no. coming on. Anything? Thank you for having me. Anything do you want to impart? Any last words? Yeah. Um. One of the things that I live by, die by, and that's at my Angelou. Um. People may forget what you said. They may forget what you did, but they will never forget the way you make them feel. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's always important to make people feel good. Some people say the gift is uh, that I've been blessed with the gift. And right now the blessings is giving this gift. So I want to continue to give this gift. Learn, teach, and love. That's, That's right. It. Now, That's how, do, how, how do people find you? Give me all your at. at. Of course. So um, Facebook is where I do a little bit of daily motivation, about 10 minutes daily. So I-V-E-Y-G-H-E-E. -E -E. You'll find me on Facebook. 
on Instagram. Gosh, it's a big handle, but it's it's at Ivy Juan Valdez G. Okay, Ivy, then Juan Valdez, and just the letter G. Um, www.thehospitalityg.biz. Uh, gosh, with that with that information, that you should be able to find me. <laughs> However. Right about now, because the momentum is picking up, the energy is good, Andrew, with you even sharing this, you can ask about me and people will be able to find me. I, at least I hope. Yeah, well, I, I Googled your name and found all kinds of stuff. So so you're easy to find. So I'll, awesome. and I'll, I'll put all that in the in the uh, show notes as well. So awesome. Once again, thank you so much for your time and energy this morning. Love it's been it. a pleasure.